G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, next week the Treasurer will hand down the May budget. The 8th of May is budget night. Because of the Christian call to good stewardship, the budget should be a concern for every believer. There are leaks, discussion and debate about lots of elements, even initiatives that the government is wanting to test the waters with in the court of public opinion, ahead of committing to inclusion in the actual budget documents. Well, some more insight today about how Christians look at the budget with a bit of a preview. Dr. Rod St. Hill, the Vice President Academic at the Christian Heritage College in Brisbane. A Christian economist who lectures in the business faculty joining us. Hello, Dr. Rodson Hill. Welcome back to 2020. It's good to be with you, Neil. Rod, let's talk about next week's budget. The anticipation is growing because tax collections are, as we understand it, increasing and there's even anticipation we might be headed for a very generous budget. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yes, certainly some of the Political leaders have put that message out and commentators have picked up on it. There is no doubt that the company income tax take is higher than was anticipated, so that has given the government a little bit of room to move. They're talking about some reductions in personal income tax rates and also recently the government announced that it would not be seeking an increase in the Medicare levy to help cover the costs of the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So I suppose, in a sense, that's uh, good news for the hip pocket, at least for some of us. Uh, Rod, the NDIS covered, uh, no need for a Medicare increase, and last week the Treasurer assured Australians that uh, there'd be no shortfall in covering the National Disability Insurance Scheme, but then there was an outcry for assurance that if revenues do fall, uh, that the scheme wouldn't suffer. Has the Treasurer, in his haste to look good, actually robbed disabled people of some level of certainty here? Any thoughts? Look, I don't know that they should feel as if they've been robbed, but I don't actually think it's a good policy to fund the NDIS or Medicare or the pharmaceutical benefit scheme, for that matter, out of general revenues. My own personal opinion is that they should be continuing to increase the Medicare levy to the point where it actually covers in full the National Disability Insurance Scheme, the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme and Medicare as well, Uh, in which case we would be paying at least 7% as the Medicare levy, possibly even higher than that. And my reason is that people think these things are free, but they're not. And when people think something's free, we tend to overuse it. So I think a, a good measure of stewardship would actually be for the government to say, no, in fact, we're going to fully fund all three of these schemes through a levy, uh, and currently that levy is called the Medicare levy. So you think that the Medicare levy should have been maintained with the government's plan of increasing that to cover the NDIS, 
And That's if there correct. were savings yes. to be made in other areas or cuts to be made, they could have been done to general taxation. Yes, that, that would be my preference. It would be to increase that levy so that we fully fund all three of those areas. And uh, then if you've got plenty of money left in the government coffers, that's when you would apply reductions to either or both of personal income tax and company income tax. Uh, Rod, company profits up and driven by China. Uh, what are your thoughts on just how the Chinese economy may be uh, in good shape or is it possible that it could falter somewhere and then uh, we could be back to square one? What are your thoughts on the the reasons well, why company profits are up? It, it is risky. Australia is very, very heavily dependent on both the health of the Chinese economy and also the politics of the Chinese economy. So we've seen very recently, for example, some local councils are now finding it very difficult to fund their waste recycling schemes because China has suddenly, as a matter of policy, determined that it is no longer going to import uh, certain waste products for processing uh, in China. So I think that the two risks are, one, there is a risk, an economic risk, and the second, there's also a political risk. So it always worries me when we rely so very heavily on just one other economy for our own uh, well-being. Now, on the issue of jobs creation, it appears to be that there are some records being set there. And the other side of that, of course, is that wages appear to be stagnant and there's criticism that's coming there from the opposition. What are your thoughts on job creation and the fact that there is a stagnation of wages right now? Is that a concern? Yes, and- yeah. Um it is in some ways, but of course we also have fairly low rates of inflation at the moment. So I don't see that modest increases in wages are necessarily a problem when inflation rates are low. In fact, the most recently announced inflation rate was well below the Reserve Bank of Australia's target for inflation. So on their own, low wages growth are not really too much of an issue. But I think what's happening, of course, is that people are noticing things like very uh, high increases in electricity prices. So for many, many families, it's becoming a lot more expensive to fund the very basics. So things like water uh, and electricity have over the last decade become much, much more expensive than they used to be. So people actually notice those kinds of things. Rod, your thoughts on the budget deficits and the idea of national debt, because the government no longer talks about a debt crisis. Is there a crisis that needs to be discussed? As I understand it, the national debt has ballooned since the government took over. Yes, it has. Um, It's an extraordinary thing, really, that we've got a Conservative government that's actually increased national debt very significantly during its term of office. And in fact, there was an international report published just recently that indicated that the rate of growth in Australia's national debt is one of the highest in the world, which came as a bit of a shock to me. We're not in a crisis at the moment, but my concern is that we're not actually managing the rate of increase in the debt. And that implies that there will come a time when there actually is a crisis and a government will have to enact some decisive Um, economy measures and that will cause a lot of pain throughout the economy. It does concern me that the government seems to be sending a message that they're going to spend the additional um, tax raised 
I think they really should have a very determined policy of bringing both the deficit down and of reducing the size of government debt. I think that ought to be a major priority. Well, we might expect a lot of smiling faces uh, putting a good look on the idea that there are taxation revenue increases. But even if the government reaches a surplus earlier than they anticipate, isn't that just the beginning of paying down the huge national debt? Isn't that the start of the hard work? That's correct. And and in, in fact, I think it's pretty dangerous to build expectations that the government is going to uh, reduce income tax when they're not really doing anything specific about the debt as as well. I think one thing that has escaped attention is that the size of government as a share of our gross domestic product or the total income that's generated in Australia in a year is still increasing. And so it's well over 25%. And um, that that's a concern because what it actually implies is that we're gradually shifting more to a socialist system than a capitalist system, and that's a cause of great concern for me. And uh, it would be a concern for a lot of listeners too. Uh, so far as the idea of an economic environment for business goes, because as a uh, government, the Turnbull government, uh, would try to uh, stimulate economics for business, uh, what are your thoughts about what the budget might hold for business people uh, next Tuesday night? Well, it's pretty hard to know, really, Neil. You mentioned the fact that there have been record increases in employment in Australia recently. In fact, most of those increases have been in the public sector, not in the private sector. And um, I am concerned that we're not really doing enough to encourage the development of small business in our nation because small businesses not only provide employment for the owners, but they they, um, provide employment for other individuals as well. So I really think government should be doing all it can to continue to reduce taxation, particularly taxation on smaller businesses. They should be doing everything that they can to encourage the development of businesses, and that means creating uh, an economy which is a stable economy. They need to be reducing the degree to which governments actually intervene in the marketplace and uh, just to develop, a, a, if you like, an environment which is more conducive to the entry of new businesses into markets. We need to continue to reduce the amount of red tape and green tape, which is associated with establishing businesses, so that uh, those who have an entrepreneurial flair have a greater opportunity to actually establish businesses and bring their ideas to market. Rodson Hill, before I let you go, there might be some listeners who are wondering what's the difference between a Christian economist's view and a preview of the budget to what a secularised economist might bring because people might be surprised that a Christian college like Christian Heritage College in Brisbane has a business faculty. What is the difference in the way that you apply a Christian view to looking at issues to do with business? That's a very good question, Neil, and it's one I've been asked before. And I think that the big difference is that the heartbeat of business from a Christian perspective is not profit. The heartbeat of business is actually what is God's agenda. So we would argue that for some businesses, their assignment from God is to make a profit and then to use that profit to underwrite the local church or some other um, activity in the kingdom that uh, sometimes businesses will be focused 
primarily on providing employment opportunities and training opportunities for people in low socioeconomic areas. Some businesses might be focused on developing new technologies that allow us to interact with the environment in a more appropriate way. And I think we've seen with the current Royal Commission into banking and the finance sector that there's something terribly wrong with the ethical basis, at least in the financial area of our economy. And that's definitely not Christian, telling lies to the authorities, um, charging people for services that you don't deliver, those kinds of things they're definitely not in line with biblical principles. So we try to encourage our students in terms of biblical ethics, but also to understand that business has a specific role in the kingdom of God, and that role is not necessarily tied up 100% with making the maximum profit. Well, undoubtedly there'll be listeners who are thinking about, who are thinking about how they'll train for their own uh, personal uh, professionalism and they may well want to be in touch with Christian Heritage College in Brisbane that's chc.edu.au Dr Rod St Hill is Vice President Academic at the Christian Heritage College in Brisbane a Christian economist who lectures in the business faculty Rod thanks for taking some time to share your thoughts on next week's budget with us and I'll look forward to getting together with you again on a debrief on the budget next Wednesday I look forward to that, and you're very, very welcome indeed, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.